We, this is a very exciting Sunday for me. I'm excited to introduce a, a close friend of mine, um, and he's going to come, and he's going to be ministering to you in a couple different ways today. I'm going to let him come and introduce his family, though, um, because his wife's name is hard to pronounce for us white boys. Um, but uh, and I'm still looking forward to meeting the kids. But man, Carlos, Carlos is a good friend of mine. Uh, we haven't known each other that long. Uh, but we hit it off right away. We have so much in common. I think our, our visions align. We're passionate about the same things. And uh, this man, it just has such a heart of worship. We're in a pastor's group together. They call them PIC groups, which stands for Pastors in Covenant. And uh, we meet monthly. And this is a man that I know I can call upon and have when I need prayer uh, in any moment, or if I need a favor, if I need something, I can call, and this man is there. This is, this is an armor bear for me, and I hope to be the same for him as well. And he's been such a blessing and encouragement in my life, and so it's my honor to have him here today. He is going to, before he comes and speaks today, he's got a special treat for us. He's going to bring a rap song for us today. And so I was talking to him. So, so the, the way that this kind of got set up is he says this wasn't his intention, but he sent me a link to one of his songs um, on Apple Music, and I started listening to it, and I was like, man, this is awesome, because it was a rap song that sounded so much like a worship song. I, I hadn't heard anything like it, just the passion. This man is worshiping as he's rapping these lyrics to God, and I was like, that is fantastic. And I was like, dude, you gotta do that at our church. And he's like, that's not why I sent it to you, man. And I was like, that's okay, you still gotta do it. Then he asked me, hey, do you have an audience for it? And I was like, well, they're going to be the audience, and we're going to do it, so I guess that's an audience for it. So, um, But I know you guys are going to be blessed by it, as well as what he has to bring to us today. So would you guys put your hands together and welcome Carlos, Carlos Garcia this morning. At least I didn't call you Caleb. Love you, bro. Love you, too. I'll grab you. Yeah. Yes. Hello, everyone. Uh, as he said, my name is uh, Carlos Garcia. Just a little bit about me. I don't want to take too much time. I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised in the playground is where I spent most of my days. No. Uh, Philadelphia, born and raised. Uh, came out here in 2017. Just felt God calling me to Arizona. I'm still trying to figure out why. Um, but I know he's, he's used me to do amazing things in the city and I'm just super excited for what's next for, for me and my family. And so I want to introduce my beautiful wife. Her name is Yadira. Um, can you stand up and show everyone and wave hi? And um, another friend who actually moved out here from Philly with us is Rosa. If you want to stand up and say hi. And uh, another friend who I hold dear to my heart. Uh, she's an amazing servant of God and just close to us. Uh, Crystal, you want to stand up and wave hi? So these are my wonderful friends. I, I, I call them my ministry team, but they're beyond that. They're just friends of mine. They're people that I love dearly. They're people that I would do anything for. So yeah, these are people that I adore. So fast forward. Okay, so yeah, I, I sent them the song just because I just like to share my music, you know, a little promotion out there. Um, it wasn't necessarily to perform, but I'm always happy to perform. And so the funny thing about me is um, I have a heart to worship. I love to worship God. I love to worship God. But here's, here's God's sense of humor. I cannot sing to save my life. I cannot sing. And so I struggled with that. I'm like, God, how do you give me a heart to worship, but I can't hold the tune? I can't hold the note. 
And so, you know, over the years, I, I learned that I had this gift to rap, and I've been doing it since I was in my teens. And God says, you have a gift. Why don't you use that to worship me? And so that's what I do. And so I'm going to bless you guys with the song, and then from there, we're going to go into my message. So here's the thing I don't want. I don't want you to look at me perform, because that's not a sight to see. I make ugly faces. I might cry. I want you to worship with me. Right? So if rap is not your thing, I totally get it. Um, just take the time and just say, God, I just want to recognize you. I want to honor you in that time. So I'm inviting you to worship with me, not watch me perform. Amen? So, yeah, you guys can hit that track if you want. And we can, um, this song is called With You. And uh, the concept of it is pretty much saying, God, I have nothing without you. I am nothing without you. Everything that I have is because of you, and everything I will have is because of you. So that's the concept of the song. You can do it. Hallelujah. Pursuit of the truth, I view I'm only a branch To remove myself from you, I stand the loneliest man See you hold the big picture, I'm only holding a glance Plus you are for who you are, I ask for more in advance Add less of me, the recipe for God-given destiny You got my second best when I gave you the best of me Confession, a necessity for the heart of surrender I'm done with the paintbrushes and the art of pretending That I'm sufficient, minus Yahweh And this position's where you find me Taking all of my accomplishments, the system put it behind me I'd be lying if I said my trying puts me where I need to be I need to be at Jesus' feet, reason you were keeping me, believing you're the reason for my breathing and what beats in me, the reason for the peace in me, the reason for the meek in me, easily my strength when I confess that I am weak, you see, so when it come to you and me, I don't believe in secrecy, all of me I give to you, cause all of you, you give to me, you give to me, I am nothing without you. Something about you I cannot deny You showed me too many things I just cannot describe And I, I'm so in all of you I'm not gonna hide And just the taste of your goodness Helps me swallow my pride That's why I'm not ashamed Just to say I adore you You show me who you are And I just want more you I'm calling you Abba I'm calling you Dad You're so wonderful God I give you all that I have All that I am is yours Cause you truly deserve it My faults under the surface You still calling me worth it Even more by your grace I know you're calling me your son And you're the same God who hung all the stars up in the sun, oh wow, it hit me now I'm related to a king, created in your image, you're amazing So I sing hallelujah, Lord, praises every day your name All I want is more of you, is a song I'ma sing, Father I give to you There is no doubt about it. 
about it when it comes to that voice then i'm all about the volume raise it up to be the loudest i will shout it on the mountaintop my pride is bound to drop for your presence here around the clock i just can't live by this bread alone i need your vocals and your tone for my lungs to blow and my blood to flow this is something that i gotta know so i ask what's the reason i'm alive and it's your love i know and it's through you i can do all things you're the truth so through you i just view all things and see the new i bow to you cause you rule all kings and the power that's from you that can move every obstacle so i worry i just move on nothing in my u-haul you provide it all so i sing to you a new song abba father how i love thee i bring praises to your name elohim because the way you touch me you gave me everything when i had nothing you renovated me you made me a temple your blood paid the budget that's why my knees is always folding in your hands no bluffing no grudge against my focus is your plans i'd be happy to admit i'm the poorest in the land to endure more of you here's my chorus in my hand that's my focus, that's my plan to adore you, all of you. Here I am, Lord, here I am. All of me, I give to you. Cause all of you, you give to me, you give to me. I am nothing without you. As I enter your presence, I realize that I'm nothing without you. I have and so, Lord, I offer you my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength, and give you my all because you're worthy. I have everything, everything. Thank you, Jesus. I still get nervous when I perform, and I've been doing it for years. I'm not going to say how many years. I'm not giving my age away. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the word. And so I know, uh, as tradition, you guys usually have a, a discussion question up. And so I wanted to bring that and give you some time to talk about it. It's, it's kind of fun, but it's a good reflection question. And so the question is actually going to be, if God was physically next to you, how would you introduce him? To, the, to someone you know. So if God was in physically next to you, how would you introduce him to someone? So I'll give you guys a couple minutes to discuss that. All right, all right. Sounds like some good discussion happening. I, I, I like some of the answers I heard. Some people would take selfies with Jesus and... Uh, you know, some people will just say, this is my savior who I love and meet him. And um, yeah, I, I wanted to, to generate this question uh, because it's an important question that we have to answer. And, and if you actually look at Matthew 16, uh, 13 through 17, Jesus is having this conversation with Peter. And he's saying, well, who do people say that I am? And they're like, oh, you're you're a prophet, and um, some people say that you're, 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 you're this and you're that. And then he, Jesus gets a little more personal. Okay, you, you have a pretty good indicator on what other people, who other people say that I am. Who do you say that I am? And that got real personal for Peter. He's like, because the truth is, a lot of people can say a lot of things about me, but what matters most is who you personally connect with. Who do you say that I am? And so Peter goes, you're, you're the Christ. You're the, you're the son of the living God. And he says, blessed are you, 
For man has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And so it's important. That question is, is one of the most important questions I believe that we need to answer is who do we say God is? Because your answer to that will determine how you relate to him. Your answer to that will determine your faith. Your answer to that will determine how far you go in this relationship with God. And so me growing up, I grew up in a very Pentecostal legalistic church. And so my answer to who do I say God was, wasn't the answer that I have today. Um, I come from a very judgmental background. And to me, if you would have asked me that in my younger years, I would say, well, God is an angry judge. And God is waiting for me to slip up to condemn me. And if I do the wrong thing at the wrong time, I am done for eternity. That was the God that I knew. That was the God that I related to. And so growing up, it was very hard for me to have a relationship with Jesus because all I can think of was, I'm always going to disappoint him. He's never going to be, I'm never going to be in good standing with him. I'm never going to make him happy. And I eventually got into my backslidden years because I just gave up and said, what's the point? I can't, I can never please this man. I can never do anything good enough for him. What is the point? And then I went in my backslidden years and I did my thing. I don't need to get into that. But I remember, man, I'm so glad. Again, all my life you've been faithful. I cry in that song because he has been. He never let me go too far astray. And so I remember in my 20s, I was on, you know, I was in a youth retreat. And, and I'm just saying, God, if this is real, if you're real, and I hear that you're love, and I hear that you're a comforter, and I hear that you're, you're peace, and I hear that you're a father, if this is real, I need you to show up in my life right now because I can't relate to you if I think that you're always angry with me. I can't, I can't do this if I think that you're going to send me to hell at a moment's notice. And immediately God just flooded my heart with just love, love that I've never felt before. And it was at that moment I was changed. I'm like, God, you're someone else. You're not who I thought I was. I mean, you're not who you th- I thought you were. He was someone different. He reintroduced himself to me. And so that's what I want to talk about. Um, The title of my sermon is Nice to Meet You, uh, because I feel that every so often in our walk with God, he really wants to reintroduce himself to show that we don't have him all figured out just yet. We don't have everything that we we think we know a lot about God, but God says, you know what, I'm going to reintroduce myself to you to show that you don't have me all figured out yet. And I guarantee if you get this sermon, this is what I believe. If you catch what, I'm, what I want to teach today, this can restore hope in your soul for those who are struggling with hope. If you catch this today, I feel that this is going to take your faith to the next level. If you catch this today, I guarantee this is going to take your relationship with God to the next level. This will impact how you pray. This will impact how you read scripture. And this will impact how you love God. If you get this. And so I want to go to the story of Lazarus. 
Love this story. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I don't know if you have the scriptures, but we can put them up there. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through the story quickly because I don't have too much time. I don't want to bore you. Um, and, and I'm going to read through the story. I might touch on some points, but after we get through the story, then I'm going to kind of tell you what I felt the Holy Spirit was showing me in this story. Do we have uh, the slides? Perfect. All right. So John 11, uh, 1 through 6 says this. I can't read that, so I'm going to read it here. Um, a man uh, was sick. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the same Mary who later uh, poured expensive perfume um, on the Lord's feet and wiped it with her hair. Say worshiper. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters uh, uh, sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick. So I like real, real quick the picture of this family. So you had Mary who was the worshiper. She knew how to be at the feet of Jesus. She knew how to give an offering to Jesus. She was the worshiper of the family. Martha knew how to do the works of the ministry. She was always busy doing the works of the ministry. Uh, we always give Martha a, a, a bad rep because she was busy when, when it was time to sit at his feet. But Jesus never really rebuked her. He just kind of said, you didn't discern what I was doing at the moment. And so at that moment, it was time to be at my feet. But she, she knew how to work the house. She knew how to do the works of the house. And then you had Lazarus, who is the friend of Jesus, he knew how to have a relationship with Jesus. So you had the worshiper, you had someone who knew how to do the works of the ministry, and you had someone that knew how to have a relationship with Jesus. This is a picture of the church. So just think about it like this. So then Mary sends, uh, th there's word that says that Lazarus is sick, but it says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus is sickness uh, will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So that, so that God will receive glory from this. So though Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Intercession goes out. Prayer goes out. A need is, is presented. It, it clearly says that Jesus loved them, but he didn't move the way they thought he would move. He stayed where he was for the next two days because he knew something that they didn't. And so I always side on trust the one who knows the ending from the beginning. Trust in the one who knows the ending from the beginning. All right, let's go. Let's go to seven. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples uh, objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, uh, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have lights. Of, they have light, the light of this world. But at night, there is, danger of a there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought uh, Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he then told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Yeah, they, 
the disciples not knowing what they're talking about. But the cool thing about Thomas, uh, uh, who's nicknamed twin, the reason why they called him twin, because a lot of people believe that he looked like Jesus. And so a lot of people would mistake him for Jesus. So like Thomas was like, really like, yo, they might kill me thinking I'm you. So let's do it. Like, you know, and I'm like, good for you, Thomas. I don't know if I have that much faith, but good for good, good for twin. But Jesus's actions and his words really didn't make sense at this time. So let's go on. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days, uh, medically dead. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Mary sa- uh, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha. Uh, yes, Martha said, he will rise. Everyone rises at the last day. And so now she's having a theological conversation with Jesus. She's talking theology with Jesus. And Jesus is like, your theologic Your theology is correct, but there's more to me than that. So Jesus told her, I am the resurrection of life. Anyone who believes in me, even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, she told him. I've always believed that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside and the mourners and told her, the teacher is here, interesting, and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house, were the peop- when the people who were at the house uh, consulting Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going back to Lazarus' grave to go weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet because she, she knew how to be at the feet of Jesus and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother will not have died. What I love about that portion of scripture, just really quick, is that Jesus isn't afraid for us to be raw and real with him. Again, we always have to, we, sometimes I can get in the habit of like, oh God, you're, you're holy and you're magnificent and you're wonderful God and there's no one like you and you do what you say. But Jesus isn't afraid to say, God, I'm disappointed. Like God isn't afraid of saying, I'm disappointed. I don't agree with what you did. I, I, I don't understand it. I love you. I do well in church. I tithe. I give. I do this. I'm th- I, I, don't, I don't understand this, and I'm hurt by it, and I'm angry with it. God is not afraid of that. God is not afraid, right? As a matter of fact, in Matthew, it says what? Blessed are those who mourn, so they, should be, they could be comforted. So the truth is you will never experience the comfort of God if you don't know what it is to mourn. You will never experience the comfort of God unless you know what it is to be real and raw. And so there are moments in my life where I just got to be, God, this is where I am. I, I'm, I'm in an ugly place and I feel this and I, I'm doubting you in this moment right now and I'm not trusting in you in this moment and I'm upset because I don't like how you handle this and I disagree. 
And God just says, thank you. And he just gives me peace in those moments because I'm being real with him. Because we serve a God we can be real with. Jesus, Jesus had the human experience so that he can relate to us, right? Everything that we can ever go through, Jesus had already went through. So there is nothing new under the sun that says, well, I can't relate to that. That's too ugly for me. Get away from me. God welcomes it. God welcomes it. So be real. Be raw in your prayer time. Be real with each other. Um, be okay to mourn. Be okay to express those, 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 those dark things because God is not afraid of it. He's too powerful to be afraid of it. That's not going to deviate him. He's not, oh man, you're, you're, you're like that. I, I got to work up a plan to make you better. He's good. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything. So therefore, there's nothing you can do to make him scramble to rework some things because he's already got it worked out. Okay, so um, just a little side note. Then when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her to a, a deep anger, um, a deep anger welled up in him, within him, and he was deeply troubled. Uh, where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry, and he, when he arrived at the tomb, a, uh, he, he arrived at the tomb, a cave with the stone rolled across the entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus said to them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he had been dead for four days. The smell is terrible. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Father, your time, your word, your message, decrease me so that you may be increased, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. What I love about this story is God, or Jesus, in this case, same, same person. I'm not, don't, don't. Jesus, in this case, wants to make an introduction to Mary, wants to make an introduction to, to who, about who he is to the people in that land. Um, as you can see, they knew that he was a healer. They knew that he can do some things. They knew that his presence was powerful. But he said, I don't want you just to know what I can do. I want you to know who I am. See, I want you to understand that sometimes we can only relate to God based on what he can do. Well, God, I know you can do this, and I know you're able to do that. I know you can heal. I know you can save. I know you can resurrect. I know you can do all these things. But do we truly know who God is? Do we truly know who he wants? Do we truly know who he is? Like, that's an important question because 
He wanted to teach her, like, I'm not just a healer. I am the resurrection. He hits him with one of the I am's. He's, he's basically stating, look, I know that you know I can do some things, but I want to show you that I'm beyond that, and I want to show you I am the resurrection. Like, death has no power over me. Death has no sting when it comes to me. It doesn't, res- it will not be the end result. And so what happens is, Mary, I mean, Martha only knew how to relate to him through works. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. She had a works mentality. I know that you can do these things. He's like, I don't want you to have a works mentality. I don't want you to just think I'm all about works, but I want you to know me. I want you to know who I am. I want you to know that I'm greater than I can heal the sick. I want you to know that I'm greater than I can open the eyes of the blind. I want you to know that I'm greater than than multiplying bread and fish. I want you to know me and who I am. And so then he reveals himself as I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. He tells us to remove the stone and four days right? He's medically dead. The body's starting to rot. Four days. And that's what I love, that Jesus delayed for that reason. Jesus delayed that miracle to show that he was something greater than what they thought. Jesus, so sometimes Jesus might delay your miracle to show you that he is greater than what you think. You might be praying for something. You might be contending for something. And you're like, well, Jesus, why are you delaying this? He's saying, I want to show you that I'm greater than what you could imagine. I want to show you who I am, not just what I can do. I want to show you who I am and not what I can do. And so this is the experience that that Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they saw God for who he is. They saw a new facet. They were reintroduced to him as the resurrection. And so I believe that, like I said earlier, there are stages in our lives where God wants to reintroduce himself to you. There's new facets of him. That, that he wants to reintroduce himself. You ever wonder why the angels cry holy, holy, holy in heaven? It's not because they're just repeating a word and God had commanded them to cry holy. God is revealing new facets of himself on the daily for them. So their response is holy, holy, holy. They're seeing new aspects of God daily. So if the angels are witnessing to this, how much more can we witness new facets of God? And so... What I want to teach you today, really quick, I want to show you signs. I want to go through this story, and I'm going to show you signs that God might be setting up a new reintroduction in your life. So the first thing in this story, in the first sign, there's a dire need. There's a dire need, right? Lazarus was sick, and this wasn't, this wasn't the common cold. This was COVID 3.0. Like, he was going to die from this. Um, there was a dire need a dire need. There was, there was just a, a, a need that, that, that needed intervention immediately. A, a dire need, like something needs to happen now or nothing's at all going to happen. So first there was a dire need. Lazarus was sick. The second thing was unanswered prayers. So Lazarus' sister said words to Jesus. Jesus kind of stays where he is for a couple days because, again, he knows the end from the, he knows the beginning from then he knows all that stuff so he stays behind 
And, and now Lazarus' uh, sister is sending word. They're, they're interceding. They're praying. They're contending for this. God, we have a need. We're bringing this to you, God. We're, we're praying for this, God. We're, we're really contending for this salvation. We're really contending for this healing. We're really contending for, for, for you to do a miracle, God. We're, we're, we're praying. You tell us to pray. You tell us to ask. We're, 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 we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. But we don't hear an answer. Can anyone relate? I can. I can. And so, so the first sign that God might be setting up a reintroduction is one, there's a dire need. Two, there are unanswered prayers about that need. The third thing is that God is actively speaking, but no one's really understanding what's going on, right? Jesus is now at the table with the disciples. He's hearing what's coming from, from the prayers from Mary and Martha. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's asleep. And then the disciples are like, oh, he's resting. And, and then he's like, oh, no, but this is not going to end in death. And so there's a lot of talk about what's going on. God is actively speaking. He's releasing a prophetic word. This will not end in death. So prophetic words are being released. Words are being spoken, but they're not understanding. They're not understanding. They're like, I know you're speaking, God, but I, I don't get what's really going on. I, I don't understand what's really going on. Like, I, honestly, I don't get it. Like, they were clueless the entire time God was speaking. And so sometimes when God wants to reintroduce himself, he might be speaking, and you know that he's speaking. You hear him speaking, but the truth is you're not really getting it. Like, I, I can't connect with what you're saying. And so I want you just to hold on beyond that. So when there's a need, yeah, you present your need, but, but even and, and then when there's an unanswered prayer, hold on to that. Don't just keep pressing through. Don't just give up. Say, well, God is done with this. He's setting up a reintroduction. So whenever those seasons are in your life, just, just hold on and say, I'm going to stick to this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to buckle down and I'm going to stick to this because some people would give up at the first sign of God not answering a prayer. But I'm telling you, church, hold on. Hold on. God is, God is setting you up for a reintroduction. I know there might be some answered prayers, but hold on. I know that he might be speaking, but you're not connecting the dots. Hold on because something is coming. Something is coming soon. Just hold on and, and, and keep that anticipation going. Keep that belief going because God is going to be doing something soon. And so, Again, he's speaking and no one's understanding. He's releasing prophetic words, no one understanding. The way I see this is that you ever read, you know, you know you have a need from God, you're going to scriptures, and it's just blank. You ever experienced that? I don't get what I'm reading. I, I, I used to get a lot. I used to get full of revelation when I read the word, but this season, I'm not really getting it. And this season, I'm not really, really, really connecting with it. Again, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Another sign is that sometimes will God let you get to a place where hope is absolutely done with? The fact that Lazarus not only died, but was in the grave for four days. Lost hope. They said, it, if, you could, if you were here sooner, if you were here sooner, he wouldn't have died. And when she said, remove the stone, she's like, dude, he's dead. He's gone. His, if we remove that stone, his body's going to stink. It's starting to rot. The hope in that was lost. And so sometimes when we're contending for something, 
the hope for that just dies because God didn't respond in the way that we thought he would. The hope dies, but it's not the end for God. Just because your hope is dead, it doesn't mean it's the end for God. And so sometimes God will allow that to happen. Sometimes God will allow that to happen. And again, in my own personal life, like my hope in God being a God of love just left. I, I left church. I left God because that hope of God being my savior was tarnished. It was gone because I couldn't relate to God in that way. I was like, there's no point in me doing this. There's no point in going to church. There's no point in, in reading the Bible. There's no point in going to these youth retreats. There was no point in any of it anymore. My hope in what Christianity was, was gone because I just, I gave up. But God wasn't done. God wasn't done. And so, Again, first it comes with a dire need, then an unanswered prayer, then God speaking but not understanding, then hope has to die, and then when hope is died, God steps in and says, now I want to show who I am. I want to show you who I am now. I want to show you that I could have done something back then, but again, I'm not interested in just showing you what I can do. I'm interested in showing you who I am, right? Doesn't Jesus say, uh, believe in me and the works that I do? What was the first thing he said? Believe in me. Jesus's whole cry was for people to believe in him. His whole desire was for people to believe in him, not just the work that he does. And so sometimes God will allow all that to happen so that you can be reintroduced to him and not just what he can do. You can be reintroduced to a savior and not just a healer. You can meet Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. You can be reintroduced to who God is and not just what he can do. So sometimes all of that will take place till you're at a place when you're like, man, I can't. I'm done. This is done. This is dead. I, I lost all hope. When that happens, God says, I can step down now. And I want to introduce myself to you. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. There might be dead things in your life where you might feel that, that your dream may be dead. You might feel that, that certain hopes for certain things might be dead, but God says, no. I'm the resurrection. I'm the resurrection. It reminds me of the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son, where the son takes the inheritance and he spends it all, and he's at this place where they're feeding pigs, and, and, and he's just at this place. He has no hope. He has nothing, and he goes, not even my father's servants live like this. I want to go back home. And he gets to that hopeless place. And what I love is that he is actually reintroduced to his father in a different way. He wanted to go home a servant. His father says, no, you're coming home a son. He wanted to go and present. He's like, I'm done. At least I can be a servant in my father's house. And God's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to show you that I'm the father. I am a father. 
And so he puts a coat on him and he puts the ring on him and he throws a big feast and a big banquet to him because he says, I want to show you who I am, not just what I can do. I want to show you who I am and not just what I can do. And so there are moments in our lives where we are reintroduced to God. Um, I love that Moses, when you look at the story of Moses at the burning bush, God actually says, I have appeared to my people before as God Almighty, but now I want to appear to them as Lord. And as he appeared to, and he says, because I'm Lord, I'm going to now deliver them. I'm going to set them free. I'm going to give them an inheritance. I'm going to give them a territory. And so that's what God does when he reveals himself to you. He will set you free. He will deliver you. He will set you in high places because that's what God does best when you allow him to reintroduce himself to you not just, God, well, this is what you can do. This is what you've done before. I just want you to do the same thing again. God's like, I'm not about that. I am more. I am more. And so today, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Today, the worship team can come up. I just want you to close your eyes. And some of you might be in a place where you have unanswered prayers. And some of you might be in a place where you just lost hope. And some of you might be in a place where you're just not connecting with what God is saying. I want to assure you that God is here. I want to show you that God is there, that he's in the midst of something and he's doing something and he's setting up a big reveal. And so as the worship team is praying, I just, uh, playing, I just want you to start asking God, God, who are you showing yourself to be in my life in this season? Who are you showing yourself to be, God? Because I'm at the place where I'm done. I'm at the place where I'm, I'm, my hope is gone. I'm at the place where I can't connect with you. Who are you showing yourself to be to me in this season? You guys can start. And I just want to, as they're worshiping, I just want to pray a prayer over you guys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your son. Thank you, God, because you can do all things, God. Thank you for being who you are, God. Thank you, God, that in the hopelessness that we have, God, that nothing can stop you from doing your work and your will, God. God, you can raise people from the dead. You can take dry bones and make an army. God, you 
can do amazing things, God. But Lord, help us, Lord, to see who you are, Father, and not just trust in what you can do, God. Help us to grow, Father God, and call you and pray for you to come in a situation rather than just pray like, okay, God, I know you healed before, so heal again. But Lord, help us to say, God, whatever the situation is, God, I want you to come and I want you to determine the miracle that needs to happen. Help us to learn just to bring the petition, but invite you to bring the miracle that reveals yourself, that brings you glory, God. So God, just show up and show out. Speak to us individually on who you want us to see you as. Who are you revealing yourself as in our lives, Lord? Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Sing that one more time. All my life. All my life you have been faithful. He's reintroducing himself as the faithful one. All my life you have been so, 
Father, we just thank you so much for this word, Lord. We thank you that you are reintroducing yourself to us today, Lord. We thank you that you use these opportunities, Lord Jesus, where there, there's confusion, where there's disappointment and unanswered prayers. And even when we come to the place, God, where all hope seems to be lost, Father, God, it's in those moments that you reintroduce yourself to us. And Father, we praise you not only for what you can do, but for who you are. And let us leave today with that confidence that we have met the one who is everything we need. And God, I just thank you that right now you are restoring hope. Right now you are uh, correcting perspectives. Father, right now you are showing us what you are doing. And we thank you. We thank you that you give us comfort uh, through these difficult times. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If he has reintroduced introduced himself to you this morning, would you just give him some praise this morning? Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Can we give it up for Carlos for bringing a powerful word to our church today? Thank you so much, brother. So here's what we're going to do. The team's going to lead us in one more song. And after that's over, I just want to invite everybody to participate in today's outreach today. We need it. We need 10 teams uh, to be able to hit the neighborhood. Each route will probably only take about 10 to 15 minutes um, if we have uh, 10 teams. And so um, once the song is over, we just invite you to come down and gather near the front here. And I'm just going to give you some instructions on uh, what we're going to be doing today. But the team's going to lead us in one more song and let's leave this place just celebrating what God has done in this house today. Amen. Praise God. Let's go team. <laughs>